welcome back everybody i hope you had a great week we made it to friday what 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 so today's is another birthday and it's another musician now monday we had justin Timberlake, but today we have a birthday and it is the great garth brooks it's his birthday today and I wanted to celebrate him because Garth has pretty much been in my life since I was in grade school, basically. Uh, my brother Brent was and still is a huge Garth Brooks fan. I mean, he was a huge Garth Brooks fan. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> like, so, you know, when there's any kind of celebrity connection, like everybody's like, this is crazy. I just remember when I was younger, like, it was a big deal in my family. One of my cousins was friends with the guy that used to do Garth Brooks shirts. (laughs) If you remember Garth Brooks from back in the day, he always wore these crazy shirts, like button-up shirts. Yeah, I guess, like, one of my cousins was friends with him or the guy who did the shirts or it was some random thing. But, of course, like, it was such a big deal and it was, like, such a big thing. So funny, like, because, you know, now celebrities are everywhere. But back then it was like such a huge deal. I just remember that. Sorry, little, little story for you. Anyway, so today I am doing my pot five Garth Brooks songs. And this was really, really hard. I didn't realize, I mean, you just don't realize how many good songs he has until you start listening through them. I almost, I like, I was super, super close to doing a pop 10 because that's how hard of a time I had with his songs. But I think after listening through them quite a bit this week, I think I got it narrowed down to my pop five. So who knows? Maybe in like a month they'd be different. But for now, these are them. So let's start. Number five, Standing Outside the Fire. It's from 1993 and the album In Pieces. And I have a quote about the song. Garth says, I was in Los Angeles in 1992 hanging out with a good friend, Jenny Yates. In a conversation, I was describing something that I thought was really close. But for me, it just stood outside the fire. There was that brilliant moment of silence when we just looked at each other and smiled. Within an hour and a half, the song was written. And I don't know what it is about this song. It's just kind of epic. And it has a great beat to it. Standing outside the fire. I don't know. I just, I noticed as I was going through the songs of Garth Brooks, and you'll notice, I think, definitely in my list, I really go for the more epic Garth Brooks songs, the more sweeping, the more dramatic. And to me, this is one of them. So this was my number five. Number four, The Thunder Rolls. So dramatic from 1991 from the album No Fences. So I have this little story that I thought was just super fascinating from back in the 90s. So the original idea was Brooks as he wanted to explore the concept of thunder rolling inside of a marriage and outside of a marriage at the same time. So I think from what I remember, this is about like a woman, the husband comes home late at night and she can smell like the perfume on him. And it's like this huge, it's about like a man who abuses his wife. So before the video's release, Kathy Gurley, the head of public relations at Capitol Nashville, 
arranged a screening for industry women. They unanimously endorsed the video, describing it as a powerful statement against domestic violence. The video was released to CMT and TNN, where CMT immediately named it a pick hit. But on May 1st, the day after the video's release, TNN banned the video. And then CMT pulled it soon after with a representative commenting that we're in the business to entertain, not to promote or condone gratuitous violence or social issues. Like, isn't that crazy? Because now in today's climate, like, that's all we do is you really just try to push the envelope. And they were not having it. Eventually, TNN offered to resume airplay if Brooks would film a disclaimer for the end. Although they had a, had a script and Brooks read it, eventually he refused to film the additional scene, saying it felt as if he would be using the controversy to promote the video. So he basically said to them, you can add a disclaimer at the end, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it because it's going to compromise my vision. Well, of course, because this was such a controversy, it just blew up. Like it was like one of those things where everybody was trying to get this VHS. Everybody was trying to get this video because they wanted to, you know, make their own opinion. And, you know, when something's like super like you can't have it, then everybody wants it. And uh, several radio stations in the United States screened the video at quickly organized fundraisers for local battered women's shelters. And Capitol Records was contacted by numerous women's shelters thanking the company for raising awareness of domestic violence. Then finally, on May 7th, VH1, which originally aired pop videos, announced that they would begin playing the Thunder Rolls. Go VH1. They stepped it up. And they're like, screw you guys. This just fascinated me, this whole story behind this. Because, like I said a little bit ago, I mean, nowadays, that would be nothing. Like, that's nothing. But in the 90s, you have to, like, put yourself back there. That that was not heard of to make a big scene like that. And it was almost, I remember watching the video, it was almost like a little movie. But this song is so important. And I love it because it's, like a story, and you know me, I'm big on stories, so this had to be on my list, number four. Number three, The Dance. And I feel like this is going to be controversial because I feel like The Dance would be on a lot of people's, like, as their number one, maybe number two. And it's from 1990 from a self-titled album, Garth Brooks. Just a little bit of trivia. At the opening of the music video, Brooke explains that the song is written with a double meaning, both as a love song about the end of a passionate relationship and a story of someone dying because of something he believes in after a moment of glory. This song is amazing. Coco and I actually went and saw him in concert a couple years ago. I always wanted to see him. And uh, this song came on, and I mean, the whole place was, like, into it. People were bawling, like... This song is crazy popular. I think if I read correctly, don't quote me on this, but I think they said it's like his biggest selling song. It's huge. The weird thing is so like, I know someone who used this as like their wedding song. And I think that's kind of creepy. <laughs> it's an amazing song. Don't get me wrong. But like you, you just heard the song is about the end of a passionate relationship and someone dying. Like, I don't think you should have that as your, you know, wedding song. But 
whatever to each his own, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what's great about music. You can interpret it how you like it, I guess. There you go. All right. So number two, which again would probably be a lot of people's number one, is Friends in Low Places. It's from 1990 from the album No Fences. And a little, a little trivia about how the song came about. According to Earl Bud Lee, one of the song's co-writers, the idea of the song was born when he and another friend went out to lunch. And when the check came, Lee realized he'd forgotten his money. He was asked how he was going to pay for the meal. And he replied, oh, don't worry. I have friends in low places. I know the cook. And Lee and his songwriting partner, Dwayne, immediately recognized that the line friends in low places had potential, but they didn't do anything about it. And then months later, they were at a party celebrating another artist's uh, number one. And they began to talk about the dormant friends in low places idea. And at that very moment, it all started to come together. And there was no paper anywhere available. So they wrote out this song on napkins at the party. And then later, when they polished it, they contacted Garth just to record the demo. So I don't even know if they meant for him to have the song. But obviously, he took it and ran with it. And it's like one of the biggest songs. I mean, huge, huge, huge. This song always reminds me when I was little, I remember vividly watching Garth Brooks had an HBO special from Central Park, uh, where he did this huge show. And I mean, this was just massively impressive. I remember I had my mom tape it on VHS so I could rewatch it. And we she let me stay up late later and we watched the whole thing and it was amazing. And this song, I mean, the whole freaking Central Park was just insane. It was insane. And so it was so it was like this weird moment when I got to see him in concert because I never thought I would get to see him in concert and it was a really great if you have the chance go see him it was him and Trisha Yearwood and it was amazing but again this was one of those songs just like the dance as soon as it came out everybody knew it everybody was singing everybody just came together in that moment and just had so much fun and everybody was laughing and oh it was so fantastic and it's just such a fun song and honestly, in the 90s, there wasn't a wedding <laughs> or a graduation or any kind of party that did not play Friends in Low Places. I mean, because it just gets everybody pumped up, let's face it. So this was my number two. Okay, so my number one is totally weird. I'm not even going to lie. I think a lot of you won't even know what it is. Um, you can't easily find it. Luckily, someone added it on um, Instagram, I think in July. It had like never even been on YouTube. Like this is how obscure the song is. But legit, every time I hear it, and I'm almost positive he, he even sang this at the concert. I could be wrong, but I maybe I blacked out. <laughs> but anyway, this is a deep cut. This The song is Ireland. It's a later, it's from a later album. It's from 1995 on his Fresh Horses album. That one didn't have, I don't think, as many hits for some people, but it is just this, it's so different from a lot of his other songs. But in a way, it's not because, again, it's one of those sweeping, epic, storyteller type songs. And it's kind of an ode to the Emerald Isle. And Garth, like, kind of gets in touch with his 
inner Irishman. And it was co-written by Brooks with Stephanie Davis and Jenny Yates in the style of like this almost folk ballad that he sings it. But it's the chorus that just freaking brings the song home. And the reason it's my number one is because as soon as I hear it, it gets stuck in my head for like months. And I used to play this song over and over and over again. I mean, legit. It is the most random song in the entire world for Garth Brooks. But I love it. When I found it on YouTube like a month or two ago, I legit played it like 10 times in one day because I was so excited that I found it because all of my Garth Brooks DVDs are put away right now in storage. So (laughs) I don't easily have them available. So that this song is by far, I would, yeah, I definitely have to put it as my number one. I will tell you for honorable mentions, I'll just let you know the other songs. If I would have done a pop 10, some of the other songs that I was thinking of putting on there was unanswered prayers And If Tomorrow Never Comes, I almost put those as a tie where the Thunder Rolls was, but I re-listened to all of them over and over again, and Thunder Rolls just kind of edged out. And then a couple of his fun songs that I like that some people I don't think are very high on people's lists, Two Pina Coladas and Midnight Cinderella. This actually was like on one of the worst songs that he sings, and I think it's fun. So screw you, whatever list that was. I think it's a fun one. And then, of course, The River. That one was so close to being in the Thunder Rolls place. But again, after re-listening, yeah, I couldn't do that. Uh, So yeah, I Garth Brooks is amazing. Just two shout outs. Well, first of all, thank you, Wikipedia, for all of my information. So if anything's wrong, blame Wikipedia. Uh, (laughs) Another thing is, if you can see him in concert, please do. Coco is not a huge Garth Brooks fan, uh, not just not a, not just Garth Brooks, just any country in general. And even he had a really good time at this concert. Garth puts on a show, Garth and Trisha, like they put on an amazing show. So please, please, please go uh, if you have the chance. And then also a lot of like my little stories and information too. I watched the show a month or two ago called Garth Brooks' The Road I'm On, and it was on A&E. If you can find that and watch it and you love Garth Brooks, you have to watch this docuseries because it tells you so many inside stories about all the songs and just how his career, career was made. He doesn't pull any punches and he cries a lot (laughs) and he tells the truth and he doesn't really pull any punches. So... Yeah, if you're a Garth Brooks fan, go listen to these songs that I talked about. Go see him in concert. Go watch that show. I don't think you will be disappointed. So that's it. I'm done yapping away. (laughs) Do you like Garth Brooks? If you do, what is your favorite Garth Brooks song? I mean, he has a gazillion. So is it one of these that I listed? Is it one that I didn't even list? Is it something obscure like Ireland? or something super popular like uh, Friends in Low Places. Whatever it is, let me know. I'd love to find out. I'm on all the social medias at uh, Pop Culture Crush, Pink Background, Black TV. Also, go to my website. Have you checked out my website? It's www.popculturecrush.com. You can find all my episodes there as well. 
plus on iTunes and Spotify and Anchor and all over the place, wherever you're listening to me now. So thank you so, so much for listening. I'm glad we got to chit chat a couple times this week. And I hope you have a great weekend and we will see you on Monday. Bye, everybody.